It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Gangplank Report. We are talking about Below Deck episode eight, which Bravo called compliments of Captain Lee's travel agency. And we are calling hashtag cancel Heather. And here's Jen for your rapid recap. And as a bonus this week, because Tiffany did such a stunning job filling in for me last week, we've decided to bring her back. And Amelia's here too. (laughs) Hi, Hi, guys. (laughs) Hi, Amelia. Okay. Eddie breaks up the fight between Jake and Raina. Wes agrees with Raina that Jake needs to change his delivery, but thinks that she's overreacting. Jessica helps Nicole with her hair and does service while Fraser gets a mini massage from Heather. Nicole goes topless in the hot tub in front of her dad. Eddie confronts Raina about her loud conversation in her cabin. Heather gives Jess a clearing lesson in the most patronizing tone imaginable. Captain Lee is ticked at the crew's performance. He gives the deck crew their final wake-up call. Heather resists Jake's charms, and Jessica wishes Wes would turn his on. Raina confronts Heather about saying the N-word. The deck crew practices the slide setup. Captain Lee gives the deck the white glove treatment and isn't happy when everything isn't ship-shape. When Eddie comes down on Wes and Raina, Raina's face says a thousand words, but they aren't meant for Eddie. After a talk with Fraser, Raina decides to apologize to Eddie, who misses the sympathy mark a little. And that's your rapid recap. Awesome. So <laughs> I think we just have to jump in, in on in. this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jinx yeah. times three. <laughs> yeah, I think we've got to just jump in on this. As much as I want to cover all the rest of the things that happen in this episode first, I think it's really important that we get this out of the way. And I'm not looking forward to it because it's uncomfortable, but it's a good kind of uncomfortable because I think that the conversation around it and the hopefully healing and understanding and change that can happen from it is also important. And it's hard to watch because you can tell, I mean, first of all, massive props to Raina because I feel like she maintained her composure 
in that situation with Heather better than I could have imagined, especially after a binge drinking episode at a dinner out, you know, we've seen other people react with a lot less grace. And I think she did a really good job. I agree. I don't think that it was intentionally malicious on Heather's part. At least it seemed like they were all in good spirits and everybody, it wasn't like an argument, but at the same time, just the philosophy that it's okay for you to say something like that at all. And nobody has any thoughts or feelings about it and then deny it, which is even worse, really speaks to being tone deaf in this situation. And we have seen not only below deck cast members, but also other cast members on other shows be canceled for a lot less. Agreed. Thoughts? It kind of bothers me how easily it came out of her mouth. Like it almost seems like it's in her regular vocabulary Mm -hmm. off screen. And the fact that she denied saying it bothers me as well. I'm going to be very curious to see how Bravo handles this going forward. If they're going to edit her out like they did with Pete or if they're going to let her slide. Well, as we've talked about before, how easy it was to edit Pete out because he was on the exterior. He wasn't serving the guests. He wasn't a main part of the storyline. He didn't have a love interest. There wasn't anything terribly interesting that we know about anyway that was happening with him that would have interrupted the flow of the season. Mm -hmm. And if Bravo knew that they were going to edit this into the show with the possibility of people freaking out about it, why would you leave her in the story at all? Right. That's a good point. From the beginning. If they knew that this is what they were going to turn it into, it's almost like a self-sabotaging machine. It's an important story to tell because it's an important conversation to have. But it's one of those things where how would they edit her out of the story at this point? She is the leader of the interior of the boat. Mm -hmm. If they just cut her out of every scene going forward, who's in charge? Yep. Well, and I don't think they're going to do anything about it. I'm curious to see if they prove me wrong, but I really don't think they're going to do anything about it. It's not beneath Bravo to, pardon the pun, whitewash things. And I really think that that's what's going to happen. We've seen pictures of Captain Lee with her since the season ended on Instagram. So I don't think that she's getting the heave-ho. And just like you said, I don't think there's any way they can edit her out. So I'm curious if they make this that Rain is overreacting to it, or if they just cut out any addressing of it after this. We'll have to see where it goes. I felt like Tiffany did, and like you did, Adrian. I felt like it was said in kind of a jovial manner, but a little too comfortably for mm-hmm. my taste. And then when they were in the crew mess, it seemed like Raina was trying to help her out. Like, look, you got to watch it. You can't say stuff like that. Cancel culture is out there. Mm -hmm. And I think Raina was absolutely on her side until Heather denied saying it. And that's when it got in Raina's craw. And I don't think Jake backing Heather up helped the circumstance any when Raina's already having problems with Jake. So I think there's a lot involved, but it's one of those things that you can take something as a joke in the moment, but when you go back and think about it, sometimes pain creeps up on you. 
and who knows what it could have triggered for her. So I get why she was still stewing on it because when you're dismissed and what you know you heard is like people try and gaslight you. Oh, I didn't say that. It's like, yeah, you did. And now at least for Raina's sake, it's on tape. So it can't be denied anymore at this point. But we'll have to see how Bravo deals with it. I just, I don't have much faith in Bravo to deal with this head on. I think they're going to find a way with editing to either make it look like Raina goes off the deep end and they get rid of Raina, or they're just not going to talk about it anymore at all or expound on it. Or they make a public statement saying this is an important conversation for our culture at large to have. And as a result of this, we're not going to bring her back for the next season and just make that announcement plainly. Yeah. Lee has a really history documented past of being in the position to support certain cast members even with crummy behavior and then berate them via his blog later on. And it's not like he cannot address this. And we have seen, like you said, pictures of him hanging out with her post filming and they're still buddies. And this is one of those things where you kind of have to draw a line or pick a side or really, I mean, He's laid into a lot of people, Eddie included, in these blogs, but that's a totally different story because he's saying, I'm just seeing it right now like all the rest of you. I can't imagine that it wasn't a conversation during filming. In fact, I know it was a conversation during filming. Mm -hmm. So to play the ignorance card like I'm just finding out about it now is a little tone deaf to me. And I get that. I do. I'm just... I don't have much faith in Bravo at this point. So we'll see. I mean, the steps that they've made to correct things in the past have been to make it go away as quickly as possible or do it in a behind the scenes way. So we'll have to see. Like with Pete, they just basically cut him out. So it stops the conversation. Right. Nobody really talked about it afterwards. So we'll have to see if they get some huevos and decide to address it, then I'll be proud of them. But for right now, I'm not holding my breath. Tiffany, any last thoughts on that? Oh, did you want to talk about the screen grabs from Reddit? Oh, yes. So there has been an apology issued by Heather, which I think you noticed that someone, Jen, you noticed that someone called it a notepad apology. Correct. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then there was a rebuttal by Raina, who did an Instagram Q&A, which is an interesting read for sure, where she basically says, yeah, that's bullshit. Yeah. And it seemed like Raina was being pretty friendly about it in observation and just trying to help her friend out. And Jen, I think you were the one who pointed out that as soon as Heather started denying it is when Raina went, all right, well, this isn't okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times all people want is accountability. If they think they're educating you to something you might not know. And I've seen other instances on Instagram of people accusing Heather of cultural appropriation based on costumes she wears and things like that. And so if Raina thought it was innocent initially and she was helping her out, that's one thing. But when you get the denial and you don't get the personal responsibility from it, I understand why she got mad. I'll be very interested to jump into the 
Bravo Clubhouse below deck discussion this evening and see what happens. I agree with you. I am too. Yeah. I'm curious to see. So segueing over to the deck team problems in general. Okay. One of the things that I thought was really interesting was the conversation that Raina had with a family member. I think it was a family member or friend. And then Eddie overhearing that entire conversation and reacting to it. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) I mean, I think it was damage control, which obviously needed to be done. He seemed like he was pretty sincere in that, but he ended the conversation by saying, I think you're doing a great job. Keep your head up kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And we know that that's not the case, that none of the deck team is doing a great job. Right. I think he's trying hard to be positive because Jake isn't positive. Does that make sense? Like the same good cop, bad cop scenario you have in detective shows. I think because of Jake's approach with them that doesn't seem to be working, Eddie's trying a reverse approach with them with positive reinforcement and pointing out what they're good at because Jake's method doesn't seem to be working with them. I could be wrong. Well, I think there's a different way to say that because if you're reinforcing her thought process that she's doing a good job and everybody else is screwing up, but nobody's doing a good job, I don't know that that's the right tack. Saying something along the lines of, I'm really enjoying working with you. I think you work hard is different than saying you're doing a good job because nobody's doing a good job, not just her. That's true. And I think this speaks to something greater that I wanted to talk about. A lot of people have speculated, especially since Eddie was given a promotion, that he's going to be next in line to take over Captain Lee's job. And I just can't see it. He's having enough trouble managing a deck team of three while he's somewhere in the abyss doing God knows what, because we haven't seen him do any real first officer duties other than take the boat off the dock once or twice. So I don't really know what he's doing when everybody else is running around doing everything else. We've seen him out on deck a handful of times. We saw him kick Raina in the head with the slide. So he's been out on deck, but this episode really highlights how poorly the deck team is not only taking care of the boat, but managing all their duties. And when you're talking about a captain's position, yes, it's very important, the portion of driving the boat, but That is most definitely not the greatest part of the job. The greatest part of the job is managing a crew of 12 and their safety and all the politics that are involved in that. We see still Lee being very hands-off in a lot of this stuff, and that's the way that Bravo has that scheme set up. Obviously, it's different on other franchises, but really the largest part of a captain's job on any vessel is management. And if this is the way that he's managing a crew of three underneath him, imagine what would happen with a crew of 12 that he has to deal with. I just don't think his leadership is there. I don't think he spends enough time in the off season, not filming, managing anything to be mentally and emotionally prepared for the job that the captain is required to do managing people on a boat. Tiffany? Well, so he did show a little bit of leadership this episode at one point. I forget exactly when, but I remember tweeting about it. But yeah, a captain on that size boat is a glorified babysitter. And Eddie is not prepared. (laughs) Okay, with both of you here, with your experience, and you first, Tiffany, 
on the boats you've been on, of the three captains that we've seen the most of, which is Glenn, Sandy, and Captain Lee, which of the three is closer to the management style that you see across the board in yachting? I would probably say Glenn. Glenn. Okay. All right. Well, I think it's important for fans like me who aren't in the industry to know what we should be expecting to know whether they're meeting the mark or not. Because if you put him against Lee, who is very hands-off, it doesn't seem all of that different. But if that's not the norm, then Mm. it gives us a better frame of reference of what he's doing. So I didn't mean to interrupt Tiffany. Go ahead. Yeah. Most of my captains have been pretty hands-on. Like if I needed help out on deck or help with dishes or whatever, they've been there. And if you have an issue, they'll actually, you can come to them and Mm -hmm. help get it corrected for the most part. And Lee just kind of pretends that he doesn't know what's going on. It seems. Is it hard for them not to? Hard for them not to what? Like not know what's going on? To not know what's going on. Yeah. I would think so. You're all living together. Okay. Unless you're hiding in your room the entire time. Right. We did have a question from one of our friends on Twitter. She goes by Pop Culture Universe. She wanted to know if you all thought that the deck team would be in better shape if Eddie wasn't pulling double duty. And my add-on to that would be asking you guys if you've seen people transition while you were working from being a former this and newly starting something else to see if this transition is taking longer than what you would expect in the real industry. I definitely think the deck would be a lot smoother if if he was actually present and not just sipping coffee and trying to make up one-liners with Lee in the bridge. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like I said, we haven't really seen what the second part of the double duty is. Right. And, and this, <laughs> this boat requires a four-person deck team. So by promoting him to second coffee drinker on the boat, they have taken away a fourth body a fourth able body on that vessel to maintain it. And so now we're seeing a massive deficit in the maintenance and the overall look and feel of the exterior of the boat. That's a huge boat to take care of. Mm-hmm. And having guests on board, I mean, in a normal charter situation, you have guests on board for seven days they leave, you've got a couple of days to turn the boat around and get back to what you were doing. And during those couple of days of turnaround is when they go through and they really detail everything because you're not doing that kind of stuff in front of the guests. That's why they have somebody that's on lates that scrubs the decks after they're done with dinner and before they get up in the morning so that they're dry and clean for the next day. It's a really rough situation. This is a very unique situation to yachting because of the time frame of turning the boat around every three days. Okay. And that makes it a unique challenge, but knowing that to go from what we had before, which was a four person deck team to a three and a half person deck team really puts this entire crew at a deficit. And so of course they're going to miss things and forget things and not cover things properly. And it's a bad setup. Oh, and not to mention, you're not probably not getting enough sleep. I mean, they do look more rested than most other seasons, but it comes to a point where your body hurts. You're just so mentally and physically exhausted too. Like you're going to skip some details here and there. Does that answer the question? Yeah, absolutely. 
Yeah. I think it's just a bad setup. I understand the point behind it because Eddie's been there long enough that he should be up for a promotion in theory, right? but it's not helping the situation on the actual deck that's trying to perform a function. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense to me. Other than that, those were the two biggies. I thought the big issues in the episode, we had some little things that just because I'm a Jessica proponent and I don't know how long she's going to be here. If in the preview, she (laughs) wants to talk to Heather off to the side. I really did think that she was taking initiative when Nicole said she was going to help her with her hair. Now I'm not saying she did a great job on Nicole's hair, but she did offer. And that is showing initiative and showing guest relations. And Heather made a point of saying to Fraser when they were off on their smoke break that it didn't seem to her that Jessica had shown any improvement at all and that she's showing no initiative. To me, I didn't think that that was realistic. And I also, like I brought up in the recap, thought that her giving Fraser a little mini massage because he was so tired after doing laundry was a stark difference to how Jessica was treated when Jessica was doing laundry. So I do think there's a reason for the mood. And I did think it was funny that she called what she has resting sad face. Because <laughs> it's so PG. I love it. I, know. <laughs> I just thought it was so cute because she doesn't look grumpy. She just looks sad all the time. So. Well, I mean, let's point out too, that Jessica walked into a conversation where Heather and Fraser were getting down on her Mm -hmm. and was just like, what the hell, man? I mean, look, if we're talking about leadership and management styles, Heather is failing across the board with all of this and seeing her in a situation where she knows it's a possibility that Jess could walk into that. It just shows poor thought. Mm -hmm. in all of that. If you're trying to motivate somebody, that is very clearly not the way to do it. I understand venting your frustrations and I Mm -hmm. totally, I get why that needs to happen in any situation, time and place. Right. And if there's, you know, if you're out on the bow and you're in a situation where you can see the walkway where other people come at you, then you know that you're safe to have a conversation like that without the possibility of the person you're talking about walking into it. Mm-hmm. I thought besides the mumbling under her breath part, I thought Jess handled it pretty well, all things considered. She's feeling ganged up on by those two, and it's not her imagination. Yeah, I don't think it's a figment of her imagination at all. I think that the energy when she's around them, it's almost palpable through a TV screen. So you know what it's got to feel like there. It's like when you know people are talking about you and you walk into the room and everybody shuts up. Mm-hmm. Yep, and that happened to her in the pantry. Right. Just there's like uh 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 and then then, yeah, there's like uh I have to pee. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like awkward. I'm so glad you're here, Tiffany, though, because (laughs) I probably would have steamrolled Adrian with both of you here. You can keep me a little quieter because I could have made this whole episode of me bashing Honolulu Barbie because I was so (laughs) over her (laughs) that I couldn't deal. So I'm glad you both were here to rein me back in because nobody wants to hear me go off on a rant like (laughs) well and two I mean in that vein I still feel like the portion of the show where they were showing Heather 
showing Jess in the pantry. This is how I stack the dishes. This is what I do. Mm-hmm. The tone that she was using was so unbelievably condescending. I oh, of course. She was so patronizing. It was ridiculous. Over here, we do this. Mm-hmm. Anytime anybody talks to you in that tone, you're just like, I'm just going to slap the shit out of you. My eyes were rolling in the back of my head. Right. And yeah. Heather doesn't use that tone at all with Fraser. Not a bit. She tells him like she's on par with him and he's on par with her. And she is always condescending with Jessica. Talks to her like she's five and doesn't know anything. And Jessica's what, like 10 years older than her, I think. So who do you think they would bring in to replace her if she did quit? Like somebody that we know? Yeah. I I do imagine what would happen if they brought Josiah in between josiah and fraser (laughs) it'd be a bitch fest (laughs) i love josiah though i think that he was under kate's spell in that sense in how he got that way because he was very kind of sweet away from her so well but couldn't we say the same thing about fraser yeah so the two of them together working under somebody like heather Mm mm-hmm I think they would end up being pitted against each other because who would be third stew? Yeah. Just an interesting thought. How great would it be if they brought in Josiah to replace Heather and he's over Fraser? That would be awesome. Because <laughs> he's got that. way more experience. Yeah. I cannot click with Heather for whatever reason. I mean, I know many reasons, but for the multitude <laughs> of reasons, I just can't click with her. I don't see her coming back next season. I don't know though. Bravo's done weirder things. So yeah. I can't see how they could after this. Hashtag cancel Heather. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they keep bringing Malia back. So anything's possible. That's true. Yeah. Malia's never been racist. That's true. That's true too. And that's apparently a hard line for Bravo. <laughs> yeah. Well, in the previews, other than seeing, we see Jess try and pull Heather to the side. So we don't know if that's going to be another sit down or Jessica is going to decide she doesn't want to be there anymore. Other than that, what else did we see? I mean, more deck screw ups. Did they lose something else off the boat? I thought I saw that. A jet ski maybe. Okay. Yeah. It looks like a jet ski runs away. It looked like Caponetti had a little bit of a throwdown where akin to what Sandy and Malia had to where Eddie was telling what he thought happened and Captain Lee didn't buy it. So I don't know. It seems a little regurgitative. <laughs> I don't know that that's yeah. a word. We just made We've it seen one. this show before. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I don't think that that's going to do them any favors because viewing numbers aren't fantastic right now. So hopefully something comes up that grabs people and gets them back watching or keeps the audience they do have. Mm-hmm. We shall hopefully see. some plane tickets. that's it i think we need something we need something to pick it up because there's two plane tickets i think yeah oh that would be fun i would really love it if they used my credit card for those points to be honest (laughs) i think we're gonna see (laughs) somebody's getting those travel points i'll tell you what all right well that's pretty much it thank you tiffany thank you amelia auntie jen says hi um thanks guys Thank everybody for listening. We will be back this week with a super fan. We've got an interesting one. 
Adrian was actually with our super fan this week when we recorded, which is something new for us. So that's fun. And you forgot to mention that we were drinking cocktails. So, oh yeah, yes. And we were recording in the evening. So we were drinking. So if you want to hear me rummed up and them wind up, not wind up, winded, wound up, (laughs) wound up with wine, wound up with wine, drinking wine during this one. Uh, no, <laughs> I, I feel like it. No, I was drinking breathe deep tea. <laughs> so Ooh, I, I, it didn't work because I don't have enough oxygen to my brain. All right. Please don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, and tell your friends about Gangplank Report. Thanks, everybody. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Special thanks to our friends who helped us create Gangplank Report. Down below music and lyrics by Angel Tweeter Frail and Terry Abbott. Performed by Lorelei of Florida. Production assistance by Michael Castaneda. Super fan intro by Blind Lawrence. Cast off me hearties.